0: Welcome to the All Things Overlanding podcast. My name is Fletch and I'll be your host. Are you ready for some great overlanding content? Then let's get into it. Hey everybody, Fletch from All Things Overlanding here. On today's episode of the podcast slash vlog, I want to talk about one topic, but it's kind of two sides of the same coin. Um, I want to talk about when should you and again this is going to be opinion based right so I'm counting on you guys to post up in the comments below and let me know your opinions on this too but when should you do it yourself for like a mod so let's say like a drawer system or a roof rack or things like that versus when should you pay for like a professionally made high quality type of product right and then the second side of that coin is when should you pay for Um, assistance with you know maintenance for example or installing modifications that sort of stuff like when should you take your truck to a shop versus when should you try and do it yourself now again just to reiterate this may ruffle some feathers here but my intention with this is to based on my experience which i'm a fairly just like middle of the road average person when it comes to cars i mean i've done quite a bit over the years uh as far as modifying vehicles goes um But I don't know anything, right? Like I literally am YouTube educated. So, um, but I want to talk about kind of the luck that I've had with it and whether it's been the right decision or the wrong decision for me. And the whole purpose of this is just to kind of get you guys thinking. What I want you to kind of come away from the episode with is at least a a thought in the back of your head that like, you know what? I could probably do that thing. Or you know what? I should at least educate myself and research it a little bit before I just go to a shop and pay hundreds of dollars to have someone replace my brake rotors, right? Um, so just wanted to kind of talk through that. When should you DIY versus buying products? When should you do it yourself for maintenance or, or repairs versus paying a shop? Um, before we dive into the episode though, of course, just wanted to touch briefly on my featured partners. Overland Addict, great overlanding store. They sell pretty much anything from awnings to rooftop tents, to scottles, to fuel cans. I mean, anything that you could want, they've got it there. Um, so definitely click through that link in the description below to go check them out, check out what they've got. Last U.S. Bags, another amazing company that makes overlanding bags. You guessed it. Um, So, But just great quality stuff, just amazing uh, designs. So definitely click through that link below to check them out as well. And then last but not least, Northology Overland. Uh, She was giving me a hard time at the Moore Expo about always mentioning her last, but I just kind of have like a flow now, Cindy. I'm sorry. I go in a certain order and I just do it. Um, but Cindy is a great, great person, Northology Overland, amazing organization. She leads trail rides all the time. She does like a sort of guided tour type trips um, all over Wisconsin, Michigan. She runs CORE, the uh, the Keweenaw Overland Adventure Retreat that's happening in September. Tickets are available March 1st. Um, so there's going to be just, she does so much cool stuff. But if you click through that link below, you can also sign up for another project of hers, which is her Overlanding Magazine totally free, comes out every month, beautifully edited, great pictures. Actually, in the March edition, I'm going to have an article recapping that more expo. So uh, definitely click through that link below and go get signed up for that and check that out as well. It's free again. Um, So now let's dive into the episode. Alright everybody, so as I mentioned, right, today I wanted to talk about kind of a when to DIY and when not to DIY. Um, So let's, I'm going to break it up into a couple of chunks. I'm going to break it up into the DIY modifications versus purchasing a pre-existing mod, if you will. Um, And then after that, then we'll talk about maintenance type stuff and like actual repairs and and things to do to the truck. Even installation of the modifications. Um, But that'll come second. So first um, when to DIY versus when to buy. And honestly, I'm going to stay, I'm going to start this whole thing off by saying, I don't know that I'm the best person to talk to this. So again, I'm going to give you my opinions, but I'd love to hear from you guys in the comments below as well. So like the reason that I say that is so if you follow my channel for any period of time, you've seen my do it yourself roof top 10 spent about a hundred bucks on Unistrut and bolts and, and nuts and everything that I needed for that. Um, it works perfectly well. I'm actually really, really happy with it. Does it look 100% professional? Not really. You know, I mean, like if I were to put my truck in the Moore Expo next to somebody else's truck with, you know, like a a hefty fab or a a dep-hep roof rack, it's going to look crappier, right? Like it's not going to look as nice. Um, And that's one of those kind of risks that you run with DIY stuff versus uh, purchasing a product, right? But here's the thing, and here's why I did it. So again, I spent about hundred bucks. You know, someone called me out on that video and said, oh, you didn't include hardware, so call it one hundred and twenty bucks, I guess, if you want." Um, but even with the extra mount, the money for the hardware, right? Like, I still spent one hundred and twenty dollars on that roof rack. It holds my rooftop tent, it holds my WeBoost antenna, allowed me to custom mount that, and it holds my awning, no problem. Um, so. You know, it functions fine, may not look the best, but it it works fine and saved me a bunch of money. If you were to buy something comparable, if you were to buy for an Xterra a real roof rack, those things are, and it's been a little while since I looked at them, but anywhere from 800 to 1500 bucks. I mean, minimum, right? Like, I feel like they used to be like 1200, 1300, 1400 bucks somewhere in that ballpark back in the day. Um, There's also a drop-in basket that just fits in between your roof rack, but that doesn't really, that just gives you a place to put stuff where it's not sitting on your roof. That doesn't even really solve the problem of giving you spots to mount a rooftop tent or an awning or anything like that. Um, So if you're talking about a full replacement roof rack, I bet you're all of 1200 to 1500 bucks. I don't want to say that it's not a critical part because it is a very important part. It has a lot of safety elements to it. You know, I use really heavy duty half inch bolts. That Unistrut strut is really, really strong. Um, So I haven't had any problems with it or anything move. None of the bolts have come loose. Nothing has happened. So from a safety standpoint, I feel like it's fine. Um, But even from an ease of install in that situation, not only did that save me a bunch of money, but I also essentially used a bunch of U-bolts to bolt it to my stock roof rack. In the case of a full replacement roof rack, at least for an Xterra, and this is probably not the same for everybody's rigs, um, but in the case of an Xterra, you are literally pulling out uh, sealed bolts that go through the roof, risking leaks, things like that. You've got to be very careful when you put those back in that you seal those back up. Um, and you're essentially taking off the whole entire roof rack from the Xterra, which I know we all understand that, but my point is I didn't have to do any of that. I didn't have to worry about developing any new leaks or anything like that. I didn't have to take it off. I just bolted it to the existing roof rack so you know in that case i thought it was a good idea now again comment down below let me know if you think that's true or you don't think that's true you know the one sort of thing that i will say that is a constant is obviously buying something that's pre-engineered for your vehicle generally speaking is going to be better fitting and it's going to be easier to install so a lot of this may come down to your budget if you have plenty of money and you say, you know what, I've saved some money on my the vehicle that I purchased and I have been saving money for the modifications and these are the ones I want, you can go out and buy them, right? Um, but I think in a lot of cases, for a lot of us, a lot of folks that watch my stuff anyways are like me, right? Like we're weekend overlanders, we go when we can. If we can get a five-day trip, week-long trip, that's amazing. We might do that once a year or maybe less. Um, but like, so for me, I just didn't want to spend, you know, a seventh of the value of my vehicle on a roof rack. Um, so in that case, I think it makes sense, especially then, you know, moving on from the roof rack in terms of like less important stuff, smaller things that, you know, don't tie in as much to safety and, and, uh, and being a sort of a critical component of the vehicle, um, skid plates, for example. Skid plates are important, don't get me wrong. Um, my truck was an SE trim, which doesn't have any skid plates from the factory. The skid plates that do come on the Pro 4X from the factory are laughable. They are like made of aluminum foil. They're terrible. Um, mine that I have are all 3 16 inch steel. They're all uh, rafter lined or at least powder coated. So I have mixed. So what I did was I actually bought a bunch of used. I actually happened to have a guy that, that lived by me uh, that used to have an Xterra and he kind of parted it out and I bought a bunch of stuff off of him. So I got pretty lucky. Um, But even so, most of those those pieces of armor, you could just buy armor for the Xterra, pretty much all the way under the truck for maybe like four or five hundred bucks. You could probably kit out the whole underside. The gas tank one's a little bit more, four to six hundred bucks somewhere in that ballpark, I think. P and P Engineering makes some great stuff. Hafty Fab makes There's, You know, the big Xterra brands make stuff for the truck. In that case, obviously, I don't want to get any sort of like. Drill presses for metal, 316 inch steel. I don't really want to go buy all that stuff. I don't want to have to find those holes and measure how to do that stuff. Um, if you could find a template for it, though, there might be a case to be made that it's pretty straightforward stuff, right? Like generally, it's just a big old piece of metal. If you had some sort of a template or could make a template, armor could be a good thing to do as a DIY. Again, in my case, I got lucky, found some used stuff, so I just bought pre-existing stuff. Um, the drawer systems. <clears throat> this is another big one that when it comes to budget... You know, when I look at it, I'm very happy with my drawer system. Does it look the best? No. I mean, it doesn't look like all these professional guys with the goose gear, you know, fitted for the back of their vehicle stuff with the metal and the sliding and the drop-down, you know, drawer or the fridge drop-down slides. You know, that stuff is a little bit fancier. And that's that's fine. This is this kind of ties into that old that video that I did a few weeks ago about not buying into the hype of overlanding. Like, there are a ton of people that will laugh at you or make fun of you or ridicule you and say, oh, you built that out of wood. It looks stupid who builds crap out of wood and then puts it in a vehicle? Oh, it's the worst. Don't let them bother you. You know, like I get that stuff sometimes. It doesn't bother me. Um, you can think whatever you want. I use the crap out of those drawer systems. I love them. I love that I designed them, that I came up with the idea that I I got to spend time with a buddy and work on them and, and actually build them from scratch, literally from just like a design that I drew and went over to his house and drank beers and we, we planned it out and built the thing. Right. Um, so again, for me, for my budget, I was about 150, 200 bucks total into that drawer system. To buy something pre-existing like that would've cost five, six, seven, eight times that probably. I mean, those drawer systems are not cheap. When you're that dedicated to overlanding that you have a drawer system, it can cost you thousands of dollars. I mean, it just can. So again, in that case, I think that makes sense. Again, if you have the budget, it'd be a heck of a lot easier to just like say I have an Xterra and I am on the Goose Gear website and I can just purchase this thing and it will be shipped to my house and I install it with eight bolts and I'm done. Yes, of course, that would be easier than, you know, spending multiple days picking up wood from the local hardware store, picking up all your hardware, your screws, all that stuff, coming back, drilling pocket holes, you know, building this thing from scratch. But I would argue that it's a little bit more satisfying to build your own stuff too, right? So again, it just kind of comes down to your budget. This was my first truck. I mean, I had an, an old Xterra, or Xterra. I had an old Jeep Cherokee XJ back in the day that was my first four-wheel drive vehicle. And I just did suspension and tires basically on that and some recovery stuff. And that was about it. And it was a heck of a fun truck. But then since then, this is my, the only other four-wheel drive truck that I've had. And the first 4 foray into overlanding that I've ever done. And that was about four years ago that I bought the truck. So, would I do things differently next time? Probably, right? But I mean, honestly, I will say I don't regret any of the stuff that I've done. I do really like, again, the drawer system, the do it yourself roof rack. Um, I feel like it's helped a lot of folks like myself, again, that we don't wanna just dump thousands of dollars. Like, I have a second car that I drive every day. I probably wouldn't be able to afford that if I just went out and bought all the stuff that I have on my truck. If I paid a thousand bucks for a roof rack, if I paid fifteen hundred bucks for a drawer system, You know, like that's a lot of money and those things add up quick. Um, So again, the DIY stuff, you have to weigh it out, right? So I'm not going to necessarily say there's a right or wrong way for this. You guys know me. That's not my style. If I had all the money in the world, if I was sponsored by Nissan and they're like, we'll give you, you know, 100 grand a year to just talk good about Nissan, Sure, I just buy all the stuff, right? But that is not the situation, and I know that's not the situation for most of us that do this this fun overlanding thing. So again, in my opinion, whenever you can do the DIY stuff, if you have the skills, if you know a friend, if you have the ability to do that stuff, and it makes sense and it saves you money, absolutely. Just do the DIY stuff. Um, if you have the money to buy this stuff, buy this stuff, right? But you guys post up in the comments below and tell me what you think. What do you think is the best? What, what is a clear-cut situation where you would never, ever make something DIY, but you would always buy it? The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So now let's move to the second side of this coin. So when it comes to repairs, when it comes to maintenance, that sort of stuff, you know, again, I do all my own maintenance. And there are two reasons for that, and I'll go through those here in a second. But... Um, I do all my own maintenance and I don't know that that's always the right, the right, uh, decision. And I will say there have been, there have been two times when I've taken my truck to four wheel parts. And I actually, the one in, in, in the one in Indianapolis, I've been really happy with. They've taken great care of me. They've been very fair with their pricing. They've done great work. Um, they've saved the Xterra from some pretty bad situations that I put it in. I uh, got stuck in a Creek for 15 minutes in Manistee, uh, State Park, uh, or national, Manistee National Forest uh, about two and a half, three years ago. And I was in there for a good 10, 15 minutes and it fouled out my uh, axle seals in the rear and my axles flooded. So it just kind of screwed up all the bearing seals, everything. The whole rear end had to be re- basically rebuilt. And they basically charged me like 450 bucks to do that plus the parts I had to buy from Nissan. Which is, you know, more than it would have cost me, but I started to take that stuff apart and I'm like, this is above my pay grade, right? Like I can't YouTube video my way out of this. Um, And just by driving it down there to them and dropping it off for a day and coming back, it was so nice, man. So that, in that situation, that made sense. But here are the reasons that I will not take mine typically, unless I absolutely have to, to a dealer. I almost never take it to a dealership. No offense if you work at a dealership, service centers at dealerships are the worst. I have never had a good experience at one. I... When I used to have a 350Z back in the day, that was one of my earlier Nissans, I mean, I had a thing under warranty. I took it to the to the dealership because it was under warranty and I wanted them to replace this window motor that had gone out. And they the tech couldn't even put my door panels back together in the right order. So like stuff was overlapping and it was wrong. And I took it back and they like looked at me like I was crazy for bringing it back. And I stood there and I made them go and put it back together right. Then I, the window motor went out on the other side later on still under warranty. Don't ask me the early 350Zs. I can tell you all about it. Um, the, the same thing happened and they did the same thing again. So I just ended up spending a couple hours one night, just taking my whole door panel apart, replacing the speakers, doing the whole thing because I was like, you know what? I'm not taking it back there. Um, same with oil changes. I, one time when I had a Nissan Sentra S E R spec V, I needed an oil change on that thing and I took it to a Jiffy loop and it was a manual six speed manual old car and I drove it in to the thing and they pulled it in and they did the oil change. And they came to get me and they said, Hey, we're all done. Come out here, sign the paperwork. You can take it out of here. And, uh, the kid that was talking to me, I was signing the paperwork or whatever, and the other kid goes, I'll pull it out off the lift for you, or, you know, off the, the platform out into the parking lot. And he gets in the car and he's sitting there, and he's turning the key and he's looking at the other kid and he's like, it won't start. And I'm like, oh my God, what do they do to my car? And then I'm looking at him and I'm like, dude, you don't have the clutch pushed in. It's a manual. You have to push the clutch in to start it. How do you work at a Jiffy Lube? And you don't know how to drive a manual transmission. And so the kid goes, oh, yeah, no, no, I knew that. And then he gets his foot in there. He puts, he has the door open. He has one leg hanging out. He puts his right foot on the clutch. So you see where this is going. He pushes in the clutch. He starts the car. It's in first gear. He lets off the clutch. The car leaps forward. There's a toolkit right in front of him with the door open and his leg in the door. So I grab the door because I'm standing right by the driver's side. And I slam it on his leg. He goes, ah! (laughs) But it didn't hit the toolkit. He slams on the brakes. He gets out. The other guy starts yelling at him, screaming at him. And I'm just like, I will never, ever, ever take a car to a place again if I can avoid it. Like, it's just the worst. Um, So that's been my experience, right? But maybe you've had great experiences. Um, But so in, in most cases, I try and do it myself. The other thing is, again, budget, right? So like, brakes. Everyone's terrified to do their brakes. I've probably done 20 brake jobs. I've had friends come bring me cases of beer to do brake jobs for them because it's really, really easy. And it's a little different on every car. There's always slightly different tools that you need or slightly different things that you need. Um, Honda puts little retaining screws in all their rotors, which is a huge pain in the butt. They're always like rock solid locked in there. Um, but like I've learned a ton about that just by diving into it, just by giving it a try. And there have, again, been times like with the X where I was like, you know what? Uh, this is too deep. I'm not going to do it. But they're very rare. I mean, I've done brake jobs. I've obviously swapped wheels and tires before, mirror replacements, um, U-joints for the Xterra, uh, took the whole diff apart, uh, cleaned it out, refilled it with fluid, regasketed it, put it all back together, no problems. Um, On the Z, I replaced a flywheel and manual, took the whole transmission apart. Um, When I had a, I used to have a turbocharged Infiniti G35 all-wheel drive sedan. Uh, A buddy and I once, dropped the whole bottom of the transmission pan, drained it all, took the transmission out and basically put in a TransGo shift kit. So you have to drill holes in your stock, whatever that plate is in there where the fluid flows through the transmission. You have to drill holes in the stock thing to allow the fluid to flow differently and then replace springs and put little balls in there. It was terrifying. Um, But it took us about four hours and we did it and it worked fine. Um, That was a little bit on the edge. Um, I would probably, looking back on it, if I hadn't been such a poor young man, I would have happily paid someone for it, but then I just probably wouldn't have done the mod because the the Transgo shift kit was about 400 bucks by itself, but I would have paid 1,000, 1,500 bucks for somebody to do that, plus all the fluids and all that stuff. Anyways, I digress. What I'm saying though is, I think in most cases, one, you're gonna learn a lot more about your vehicle if you work on it yourself. Two, you know, worst case, you have to take it somewhere anyways, right? So like, I had a buddy one time that was like, hey, I'm gonna bring my car over and let's do brakes. It was weird Hyundai. And it had all this weird stuff that I had never seen before. And I was like, you know what? I had just, for your own safety, it makes me uncomfortable. I don't want to mess with it. I don't want to put something back together wrong. You should just take it somewhere. But so then he had the, he had bought the rotors and pads. He just took those to a, you know, like a Meineke or something like that. And they were like, yeah, we'll throw them on. And they just did the install for him. So he wasn't really out anything except a little bit of time one night coming over and hanging out. Um... So again, with the DIY maintenance stuff or repair stuff, I'm a big advocate of trying to do it yourself. Same with like rust removal stuff. Now, if you have a newer vehicle, no, of course not, right? But unlike my older truck, I've practiced doing some Bondo. It's really bad. Like my exterior does not look great where I've tried to Bondo. It's just on one of the rear quarter panels, um, but I learned about Bondo. I learned how to mix it. I, I watched a bunch of videos on it. I learned how to touch up paint. Like I learned how to sand off the rust. Like I learned a bunch of stuff. So, you know, dive into it, give it a try. Unless you have tons of money, right? If you have the budget and you just would rather take it somewhere, then there's nothing wrong with that either, right? I would prefer, as I get older, at some point I'm going to hit a point where I'm going to say, I'm not climbing under the truck in the winter anymore. I'm just going to take it somewhere, right? Um, so, again, I want you guys to post up in the comments. My kind of intention with this episode was just to kind of get you guys thinking because I, I think that we kind of fall into two camps. I think there are people like my wife who will never would never work on a car. She would just, she says, it makes a weird noise, I'm taking it to the dealership, right? But, like, if she knew, if she really came out there and spent a little time with me, like, how easy it is to rotate tires, for example, or do an oil change. Like, why go pay somewhere else 50, 60 bucks to do an oil change when you can do it in your garage for 20, you know, and take 20 minutes? Um... So I just, I just want people that are like that, that are like always to the dealership to say, you know what, brakes aren't too bad, oil changes aren't bad, regular maintenance stuff, just checking your fluids and being responsible for the vehicle and its upkeep is an, an important skill for overlanders, you know? Like if you get out on the trail and you've never ever turned a wrench before and something breaks, that's a dangerous situation. So again, there's that piece of it too, that experience, that practice that you get with it, that familiarity with your, your rig that you get is important. Um, So that's kind of my opinion on it. Same goes for gear that you can purchase versus DIY. Again, like a stereo, obviously I can't make a stereo. I'm not going to make a car stereo myself. So I'm going to buy one, right? But in the case of like a roof rack or in the case of a drawer system or, you know, that sort of stuff... Uh, It makes sense to me to save a bunch of money to make your own thing that fits your own needs. Um, So, just wanted the people that never pay for maintenance to think about it and maybe get outside the box and try some stuff. And, you know, potentially, maybe the people that do do all their own maintenance. Sometimes, again, it can make sense. Like, I have definitely run into times where I'm like, you know what, I probably could do this thing. But I worry that I'm going to do more damage than good and, you know, it would be way easier just to take it somewhere. So both sides of the camp could come together and we could have some common ground where we could go either way, right? Um, But so again, post up in the comments. Let me know what you guys think. Thanks so much for listening if you're on the podcast. Thanks for watching if you're on YouTube. If you don't already, there are links to Facebook, Instagram, the podcast, YouTube down in the description based on where you're watching or listening to this thing. Go hang out on those other channels too. I'd love to talk with you guys. That's where I get a lot of ideas for my content and I want to give you guys what you want. So definitely love to chat with you. Also, if you're interested in patches or stickers, I've got both of those things as well. Just shoot me an email at allthingsoverlanding at gmail.com or DM me on one of those social platforms and I'm happy to send those out to you. Um, And thanks again for watching. Talk to you next week. Thank wow.